Hi everyone, it's Rose. You're probably wondering why you're not hearing the theme song right now. I just wanted to make a quick statement before the episode. We had some audio problems with this episode, and combined with the fact that Gabe and I both have finals this week and next, we have decided to cut this episode into two parts so that way we don't miss a week. And it will be cut around when the audio problems got so bad we had to stop and restart recording. So, uh, we did our best. Uh, we hope you enjoy, and things will be back to normal the week after next. Hope you enjoy. Here comes the music. J Squad. Don't be fucking rude. Are you kidding me? Welcome to another episode of Running Unopposed, uh, your favorite podcast covering psycho politicians. And we thank uh, our viewer or listener, I should say. That's right. Uh, we've got a real special treat for our one Nordic listener, some guy in Iceland. Uh, we've brought on a Norwegian, Graham. Uh, say hi, Graham. Can you just say something to make sure the audio is working? Yeah. Hi. Hello. Fantastic. Graham of the, what's your podcast called? Uh, Brødrefolkenes pod. Uh, do you want yes, me to translate? <laughs> do you want yeah, me to translate? Yeah, so uh, I guess the translation would be pod of the brother peoples. It's a reference to the uh, slogan of the last king of the Norwegian-Swedish Union. For the well-being of the brother people. Yeah, of course. How how could you not know that, Russ? Come on. Yeah, obviously. Uh, <laughs> we we are of course of course everyone here is intimately familiar with uh, 18th century Nordic history. Also, course, yeah. we have a major announcement. This will be Rose's last day on the podcast. <laughs> oh, did you not hear? You're fired. Okay. The sponsors wouldn't allow it. That's so tragic. What sponsors? Oh, oh yeah. By the way, guys. Okay, this is my next announcement. We are the official podcast of the Saudi Arabian government starting with our next episode. Okay, so I am legally required to disclose that this next minute or so has been sponsored by Saudi Aramco. But here's what's actually going on with climate change. And here's what the liberal media wants you to believe about, believe about climate change. So, number one. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, uh, I... 
don't think I can be here if you're sponsored by a different state oil owned uh, oil company. I'm pretty yeah, sure my con- my contract with the Norwegian government does not allow that. <laughs> That's right. We have to be sponsored by the Norwegian state oil company. Okay. So now, again, I'm legally required to disclose. I am being funded by Aramco to say this. However, you're going to be hearing a lot of things about the World Cup today, recently, and what's and but here's what we're at. Here's what's actually happening. So, okay. Wait. I just need to get my 45 page script. Okay. Wait. Are we not being sponsored by the Saudi government? Um. No, we're not. Wait, so I, uh, I just saw so I, just... I called up my buddy, Mohammed bin Salman, and he uh, said something very rude to me that I won't repeat on the podcast. But uh, yeah, we're not friends anymore. Me and him had a bit of a falling out. Oh, so I just gave so I just gave Mohammed bin Salman my social security number via email for nothing. <laughs> yes, that's correct. <laughs> Wait, damn, so I so I gave money for the ransom of a Saudi prince and got nothing in return. That's great. Do you have any idea how many Saudi princes there are? They're very replaceable. Yeah, but still, I mean, I don't know. I just feel kind of upset, you know? Yeah. I give him my social security number via email. Oh, look at me. I'm 480th in line for the throne. Shut up. No one cares. They probably still have more money than either of us do. Yeah, that's a fair point. (laughs) Yeah, hey, all right. Saudi government, if you do want to sponsor us, hit us up. All right, let's talk. But anyways, enough of that. We are covering, and I, I'm probably mispronouncing his name, but I'm doing my best based off how Google Translate said it's pronounced, Mons Gilstrup. Yeah, I, I mean, that's not terrible. I mean, the Danish language is... It's not a real language. They just make noises. <laughs> yeah, white people will never understand Danish. It's really embarrassing, Rose. Come on. <laughs> so how do, you, how do you pronounce it properly? I guess I guess something like Morgan's Glistrop. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it's not uh, at all what Google Translate said. No, because uh, because uh, Danish is it's weird. They've uh, kept the same written language basically unchanged for centuries, but have just given up on pronouncing half the vowels. Yeah, that, that checks out. So, where do you want to start us off, Graham? Uh, I mean, I guess we start at the beginning. He was born uh, on the island of uh, Bornholm. All right, which, which is that? It's like it's like in the sea, right? Like it's not connected to the rest of Denmark. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, uh, half of Denmark is uh, various islands, but Bornholm. No, is... but like farther out. I mean, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Bornholm is well farther in. I suppose it's yeah, further it is in. Farther in yeah. yeah, further into farther the Baltic east, Sea. I should yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, a lot closer to uh, Russia, uh, for instance. Uh, so <laughs> uh, during the Second World War, uh, the Red Army. Uh, liberated Bornholm and then just stuck around for a while. Uh, this made the rest of Denmark quite nervous. And <laughs> it's a big part of why they were a founding member of NATO. Uh, yeah, I think, that makes sense. Yeah, the Red Army left in like late '46, uh, I think. Oh, wow. I mean, that that's, is late. I mean, compared to a lot of other countries, it's not that late. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, compared to like East Germany or Poland, 
not light, but or Lithuania, which they you know fully held, or Ukraine, which they fully held until what 1991. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, well, uh, wasn't really a lot, of, lot more about NATO than that. Just uh, that's sort of the most interesting thing that's happened on Bornholm. It is. It's not really a place people think about a lot. Uh, okay. I mean, uh, so the, was he a collaborator? That's my first question. There weren't a lot of collaborators in Denmark because the government sort of did the collaboration for them. Uh, Denmark surrendered after like two hours of uh, the German invasion, and the Germans basically just let them keep their system of governance. Uh, as long as they promised to hand over all the Jews. Uh, then they sent all the Jews to Sweden instead. And the Germans yeah, were still... Yeah, I thought they got rid of most of them by yeah. putting them in Sweden. Yeah. Which, yeah, uh, good on them. Uh, well, yeah, uh, don't look into what uh, happened in any other Nordic countries occupied by Germans. <laughs> Definitely don't look into Norway specifically. Uh, yeah, I hear Quisling's name is now like a curse word. Uh, yeah, it's just it basically just means traitor now. Uh, Quisling is even used as a curse word in English. Uh, yeah, specifically because Churchill uh, really liked it. He thought it sounded very treasonous. It does. Yeah, so... I mean, uh, he, it just sounds evil. Yeah, so he would uh, very often in his speeches in the House of Commons uh, issue vague threats to all the Quislings uh, throughout Europe. Yeah, and yeah, it it is a very good villain name. Yeah, uh, but right, yeah, so. there there wasn't a lot of collaboration uh, in Denmark because there wasn't really a lot of occupation to begin with. It was Fair just enough. so. Fair it was enough. just sort of like, well, the Germans are here, I guess, <laughs> but they're not really doing anything. Yeah, yeah, I. Uh... Oh, sorry, what? I heard this one story. I don't know if it's true or not, that the king of Denmark made everyone wear the Star of David armband so you couldn't tell who was Jewish and who wasn't. Is that true, or is that just something people say happened? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I've heard it too, but I've never really looked into it. Uh, uh, but what I will say is that... Uh, while there were, wasn't a lot of collaboration, there was some like sabotage actions, mostly blowing up railroads and the like. Uh, yeah, and that'll uh, become relevant later in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, somehow <laughs> it will. Uh, yeah, uh, Mugens Klistrup uh, once uh, said that uh, the highlight of his life was winning the Bornholm Boys Regional Football Championship to two zero in nineteen forty four. Uh, this was and yeah uh, Denmark was one of the countries least affected by the war while still technically being part of the war so this was like a normal thing to care about in Denmark in the 40s what was it called? Uh, the Bornholm uh, Boys Regional Football Championship I suppose I think is the correct English translation and that was his greatest accomplishment, like throughout his life. Uh, he did say so at one point, uh, although That's so cool. 
that it is very Danish mindset. <laughs> yeah. You you have like a successful career in politics, but you always pine for when you were 17 and playing soccer with your homies. I was going to say probably not doesn't sound like a very good politician. Well, we're covering him on this podcast, so no. <laughs> that is that is a fair point. I mean, he he did perform better than you'd expect considering what his party was. <laughs> All right, so after the war, what what happens to him? Uh, yeah, so uh, after the war, he uh, studies law, uh, graduates in 1950 with the second ha- highest grade ever at that point in Danish uh, law studies. So he's apparently quite good at this. Wow. Surprising, considering some of his later later work and problems with the law. <laughs> I was going to say, that shocks me, considering the things he does as soon uh, as yeah. he enters politics. Uh, in 1951, uh, he starts yeah. uh, clerking for a Danish Supreme Court judge. Uh, his greatest accomplishment at, at this point is uh, writing an opinion... Uh, arguing that the guy who translated Ernest Hemingway's uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls into Danish is entitled to royalties from the film because they also use the same translation of the title. Wait, just the, just the title? Yeah, four, four words. Wow, that is... <laughs> that... That is yeah. that is a powerful. Uh, uh, then like, he European uh, bureaucrat mindset goes to, to Berkeley uh, for one semester, like in California. Yeah, uh, Berkeley, uh, UC Berkeley. Incredible. Why and he was discussing. Wait, when you, when was this? Uh, fifty-one to fifty-two. Okay, all right. Never mind. I was just curious because if it was a bit later, then he would have experienced when Berkeley was a hotbed of like radical leftist activism, and that would have been funny. Yeah, uh, instead it's where he's introduced to libertarianism. Ah, uh, of course. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, uh, he comes back to Denmark, and in 1953, Denmark has two parliamentary elections. Uh, in both of these, uh, he votes for the Communist Party, uh, hoping that a communist victory will result in a CIA coup and uh, the introduction of American-style capitalism. <laughs> Forget 5D chess. This guy was playing 10D chess. Yeah. That's uh, so fucking funny. <laughs> the original accelerationist. So, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to just voting for a centrist to right-wing Democratic Party, or a Christian Democratic Party, if that's a thing in Scandinavia, he decided to go the hard route of we need to vote for the left so that way America will depose us instead of just we have a democracy so let's vote for the right so that way we become aligned with America? Uh, yeah, because uh, the Danish right was not anywhere close to right-wing enough for him. <laughs> oh. I'm not going to ask why. You'll see, don't uh, worry. Uh, oh yeah, you'll see. <laughs> so, that is... Do you think people did that? Like in like Chile in nineteen seventy three, or like Brazil in the late seventies. No, they'd probably just be happy. Well, those were already pretty right wing countries after the coups, so I feel like they're no. I mean, like before the coups. I I should have said Chile in nineteen seventy. Sorry. 
maybe a little, but the party, but they, they also, but Allende was the singular threat in a lot of ways. So I feel like it would have just been easier to vote for whoever wasn't Allende. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine there was like a large contingent of libertarians for Allende. <laughs> That might have to be my new Twitter display name. That's a banger. I tried. It never got off the ground. (laughs) Uh, uh, Gabe was deeply involved in Chilean politics (laughs) in the 70s. He was actually the last person seen alive with Orlando Letelier. I don't know who that is. He was the head of the Chilean army, and he was a staunch non-interventionist. And uh, he he was almost definitely... Uh, murdered by the American government because he wasn't willing to overthrow Allende. Uh. Uh, yeah, uh, one thing about uh, Glistrup's uh, accelerationist uh, strategy, he never tried to convince anyone else to do this or made any statements about doing this at the time. So it's entirely possible he just made this up later because he thought it sounded cool. <laughs> That makes it so. Also, okay. I'm sorry. Real quick, I double checked and I was wrong. Uh, I was. I must have been thinking of a different guy. It was not Orlando Letelier. Sorry. Uh-uh. But yes. Yeah, so he he didn't actually vote for the communists. He just lied and said he did. If I got that right. Maybe we have no way of knowing. But it is that very rocks. weird that he had this uh, ten-dimensional chess plan uh, of becoming of turning Denmark into a libertarian utopia and never tried to convince anyone else to do anything to accomplish this. He just voted for the communists. That would violate the non-aggression principle, Graham. (laughs) There was no East German-style or Soviet-style government there, so there was no reason to lie and say that you voted for the communists because there was never some sort of communist dictatorship to... Never mind. My brain is already melted from this. Oh, don't worry. It's it's about to get way fun, way better. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so he basically spends uh, the rest of the fifties uh, uh, lecturing in tax law at the University of Copenhagen, and in nineteen fifty-seven uh, he writes a textbook uh, on tax law, which is a fairly common thing for lecturers to do. You write a book, uh, put it on the reading list for your class so everyone has to buy it. But uh, Glistrup's textbook was apparently particularly awful. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that is like the standard like professor move. But usually you have to write like a decent textbook. Uh, Yeah, no, instead he just writes a book that's that barely mentions the like general principles and rules of the Danish tax system, but instead hyper-focuses on various edge cases and Supreme Court rulings uh, that annoy him. <laughs> so it's less of a textbook and more of a polemic. Yeah, except it's 700 pages. 700? Do you think there's equivalent? Do you think there's modern day equivalents of go- of professors who are just like, okay, we are not reading textbooks. Instead, I posted a real. I post. I made a really cool post on the R um anarcho capitalist subreddit, and this is going to be our semester reading. Remember when like Barry Weiss tried to start a university? 
I don't think she was putting Reddit posts in the curriculum, though. No, but I think if it had ever, like, actually gotten off the ground, someone who taught there would have done that. <laughs> All right, class, your assignment is to go post on the R conservative subreddit. Whoever gets the most upvotes will get an A. Yeah. I need to do that now when I become a professor. The thing that is very weird about this textbook is, uh, as I mentioned previously, he had the second highest grade ever uh, when completing his uh, law degree uh, and uh, had worked as a clerk for a Supreme Court judge. So he presumably was quite knowledgeable about law. So it seems like he just quickly shot out the book as a grift. <laughs> that It does sound like that, yes. Wait, it was an economics textbook, though, or a law textbook? Uh, tax law. Oh, okay, okay. That's okay. That's what it was. I thought it was yeah. an economic textbook for some reason, and I was going to say, if he was going to law school, why is he writing economic textbooks? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, he, uh, as far as I can tell, he uh, was... Uh, he fairly quickly specialized on uh, tax laws. Uh, All right. All right, so he writes this textbook. What next? He keeps uh, lecturing at the University of uh, Copenhagen for a while before he decides to go into private practice in 1963. All right. What does he do in private practice? Anything notable? or? He basically tells rich people how to uh, commit tax fraud in a way that they won't get caught doing. Oh, nice. Ah. As well as I also commit, as well as also uh, committing huge amounts of tax fraud himself, of course. I mean, who among us hasn't done a little tax fraud? I mean, Come to on. be fair, would you want it to be taught by someone who didn't know anything about it? <laughs> like, how would you, like would you want to be taught yoga by somebody who's never tried yoga and was like, "Oh no, I saw a YouTube video. Don't worry about it." <laughs> like, would you like if you were looking to commit tax fraud? Would you just would you? want to be taught by someone who just did a YouTube video about it or somebody or a TikTok lawyer, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, uh, probably his best known client is uh, was uh, Simon Spies, uh, who was this like massive uh, travel uh, industry guy. He basically introduced the concept of uh, Charter vacations to Denmark. Introduce the concept of what? Uh, charter vacations, where you get a, a like a package uh, deal with, where you order the flights and hotel oh, yeah, and yeah, everything yeah. through okay. the same company. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, as yeah, well that... as being probably the most me tooed guy in Danish history. That Excuse sounds bad. me? Excuse me? Uh, Simon Spies. Uh, pretty sure basically every single female em- employee he ever had had at least one allegation against them. Jesus Christ. I may be slightly so... exaggerating, but not by much. So just this gropey piece of shit, in other words. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So not a shock that he... Um... He was hanging out with Moen's Gilstrup. Yeah. Al- also, a shame that uh, 
this is an audio medium and we can't show what Simon's Beast looked like because it would be very apparent that... I'm looking him up now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, drop drop the photo in the chat. I want to see what he looks like. Here, one sec. Let me just search Simon Spies Danish. I don't know how to spell that name. Simon Spies. Does he have a? He sort of looks beard? like it. He sort of looks like if Rasputin was had even more rapist vibes. I was going to say, kind of the best discount- way I can describe. Who is this guy cosplaying as Rasputin? Like, listener, please look up Simon Spies, uh, spelled like Simon Spies. Because Jesus Christ. Probably the, also look up uh, what Glistrip looked like, to be honest. I actually haven't yet. I, don't yeah. to, I also don't know how to spell that. Uh, it's, I'll post it in the chat. Oh my god, he looked like that? Holy shit. Yeah, uh, Gabe, here, I'll, I'll paste his name in the chat. And listener, I'll uh, use a photo of him as the episode art. Because Jesus Christ, does he like never has a man looked so ew? Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good way to sum it up. Never has a man looked so ew. Why yeah. does he look like a frog turned into a human, but also like possessed? I mean, I, I don't mean, think we can rule any of those things out. Yeah. Uh, between the face, the name, and the racism, strong contender for the most Danish man of all time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Alright, so he's in private practice with Seaman Spees. He uh, probably, you know, is, let's not. I'm not going to allege anything he did, but, you know. If he was friends with a guy who was constantly assaulting women, yeah, you can draw your own conclusions there. I think I can say that without getting sued. I think that's allowed. I mean, he, he's been dead for like 15 years, so yeah, that's I don't think point. he's yeah. going to sue you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think uh, the Moen's Gilstrup estate, or Gleestrup, sorry, estate is one of our six listeners, so I think it's fine. So anyways... After private practice, now we're getting to the good stuff, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, he initially becomes uh, famous for being very vo- vocal about the fact that he paid zero taxes in 1971. Uh, he accomplished saw... this. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Uh, sh- uh, you first. I said, I saw a thing that said he went on TV and showed his tax return that yep. s- said he paid zero taxes. That's usually what you do when you're trying to avoid allegations of paying zero taxes. No, he was, uh, he was doing the opposite. Yeah, I know, <laughs> which is why it's weird. Yeah, I, uh, I couldn't figure out what TV program it was, though. Uh. Uh, it seems like it was a TV program called Focus. I don't know what what sort of program it was. I'm assuming like debates or politics show of some kind. Yeah, that makes sense. 
just, it, yeah, it was, I just, I can't get over that he showed the tax return. Like, what what did you think was going to happen, man? The weird, the weirdest thing is that nothing happens at, at this point. True, yeah. Because uh, the way he accomplished uh, the 0% tax rate is through a bizarre web of shell companies that were all buying stocks from each other and then selling them at heavily discounted prices and then writing off the losses. Uh, yeah, that, that sounds super legal. This well, just sounds like is. Danish Frank Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of is. He kind of has the same energy. Wait, how yeah. tall was he? Mons. I don't Lisa know, but height. From most of the pictures, he seems like he was fairly tall. Okay. Let's see what celebrityhow.com says. Mons Glistrup is a popular Denmark university teacher who is most renowned for his university teacher. Uh, he's 94 yeah. years old. Uh, well, <laughs> he's yeah, apparently he... 94 years old and uh, and was born in. Uh, oh no, sorry, I thought that said Rome, but it actually says Rome or however you say he's, it. He's actually in a. He's actually hiding out in Cuba. Most people don't know this. There have been several <laughs> yeah, music videos where he's been spotted, but no one wants to talk about it. I don't uh, know why. Uh, yeah, he, he he's is. Actually... He's doing tax planning Him for and... for Tupac and Michael Jackson on Cuba. Yeah, yeah, he's doing their taxes. <laughs> he's an advisor to Raul Castro on tax policy. <laughs> Wait, isn't Raul Castro also dead now? Isn't no, I think there... he's alive. I think he's still alive. He's old. I just but he's alive, died. Right? I don't know. Yeah, I think he's you know, still Raul alive. Raul is ninety-one. Uh, oh yeah, uh, he's yeah, still but I alive. Think he's still alive. Uh, he, he's just retired. Yeah, no, he's not in power anymore, but he's alive. Yeah. Oh, okay. Who's, who's in power now? I don't know. Let me look it up. Uh, Miguel Diaz Canal. Uh, okay. So. Uh, Man, I gotta pay more attention to Cuba. All right. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, in addition to showing his tax return, uh, he he also uh, makes the claim that uh, committing tax fraud is the modern day equivalent to sabotaging the railroads during the German occupation. Yes, that's what I remember. That was what? the thing that stuck out to me. Yeah. How do you ex- how does he explain that? He well, does see Gabe, pay when you have to pay taxes, that's literally Nazi Germany. Yeah, uh, just like uh, the uh railroad saboteurs uh were starving an oppressive regime of the resources they needed to continue uh uh, to continue the, their br- brutality, the tax fraudster is doing the same thing against the equally oppressive Danish government of okay. the 1970s. Quick question: When was <laughs> when did he make this statement? Was this still in 1971? Yeah. Okay, yes. so two questions: What was the equivalent of Scandinavian Reddit in 1971? And number two: <laughs> How many up, how many upvotes did he have? Because I feel like if in certain like certain 1970 subreddits, he would have a lot of upvotes. Do you know how many he had? 
<laughs> I guess we don't the... need to talk about upvotes. He got real votes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess the 1970s Reddit equivalent would be like uh, very local, very weird local newspapers. Uh, and the like uh, opinion section there. Back then, there was no internet, so you couldn't post videos of uh, Ben Shapiro-style rebuttals on the internet. So you had, to, so you would have to send in like letters throughout Copenhagen, being like, being like, "Epic professor uh, dismantles welfare state in three paragraphs." <laughs> yeah, uh, it. I haven't found anything about it, but it wouldn't surprise me if Glistrup was a letter to the editor kind of guy. God, if only he'd gone to Berkeley like ten years later. Think of how think of how good he'd be at communist infighting. Yeah, uh, Denmark would have like uh, fifteen different parties in Parliament, except which they already have. Except they'd all be various <laughs> communist parties. Exactly. Yeah, Denmark uh, would uh, be a hundred percent communist. <laughs> Uh, and Glistrup would have been kicked out of every single one of them. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, but in uh, they'd, 1970- they'd already be up to like the eighth international by now. Did the uh, Danish government try to censor him at all or prevent him from getting into power? Uh... Not really. Uh, <laughs> he he tried to act like he was being censored uh, when uh, registering his party and basically failing to meet various deadlines and then acting like uh, the government was uh, suppressing his movement. So in other words, the content moderators were really trying to prevent this guy from speaking out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was getting shadow banned from the Danish elections. <laughs> In like, I don't know, five years, we're going to have politicians saying that. They're going to be like, yeah, I was banned from Twitter, so therefore the election where I got 3% of the vote is illegitimate, because if I had Twitter, I would have won. I mean... Did, People are saying that now. Uh, did, did you not see Elon Musk saying that uh, the number of anti-Bolsonaro tweets suggests uh, suggest meddling in the Brazilian election? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did see that. That was worrying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, Glistrup uh, create, uh, creates a political party in 1972. Named the Progress Party. There was apparently already a Danish party named the Progress Party because this is a completely <laughs> meaningless name. Uh, so yeah. he, so he buys the name for, uh, I guess in dollars it's like eighty bucks. Ah, that's a good deal. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, he definitely makes a return on that investment considering. The brand recognition the party later develops. Yeah, wow, that's eighty bucks. That's crazy. That's nothing. Yeah, uh, so now he's ready to run in the nineteen seventy three elections. Yeah, and the nineteen seventy three Danish, ele- Danish elections, from what I could tell, have a special name for how weird they were. 
Uh, yeah, it's referred to as uh, the landslide election, I suppose, is the English translation. Which, yeah, that's what Wikipedia says. Yeah, which isn't really a term that's usually used. And it's used in a kind of different way than you may be used to uh, in the US here. Uh, the reason it's a landslide is because, yeah, basically the support for many of the established parties basically collapses. So is it like an ironic name? Uh, well, more like very literal interpretation of landslide. Oh, like it's, you get crushed under it? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, no, more like uh, all of the... Yeah, the... the fuck, how do I explain this? Uh, the Well, like the it was a landslide because uh, so many new parties came into the power. Mm, okay, so it kind of just disrupts the whole order. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, there uh, were. I list. I looked at it. It was the a part of the Center Democrat Party, which was a split from the regular Social Democratic Party, the Christian Democratic Party, which, from what all I could find out about them in English, is that they're really mad about abortion and pornography. Uh, the Communist Party of Denmark, which was a literal member of the Comintern, uh, the Justice Party of Denmark, who I found literally zero information about, so no idea what their deal was. They didn't last that long, though, so I imagine. Uh, yeah, uh, the the Justice Party's deal was. Uh, are you familiar with uh, Georgism? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that's you're talking so about. cool. Just look up Georgism. Oh, the land thing that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's like. How do you? I feel like we don't have enough time to explain Georgism. Just look it up, listener. It's a weird ideology. Uh, basically, this uh, one American economist uh, was convinced that having a single tax, uh, that being a tax on the unimproved value of land, would solve all problems. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah we do not have enough time to go <laughs> into further detail. Yeah, I'm sure at some point in this podcast, Georgism will come up again, because weird guys love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Henry George himself ran for mayor of New York twice. Oh, really? Okay. How well did he do? Uh, he got like 30% one time and like 2% the other time. Uh, maybe we'll have to cover him at some point. We'll see, though. Our list is pretty long. But anyways, uh, the last party was the Progress Party. Yeah, so outside of the Communist Party, uh, all of these uh, smaller parties that get in this election are fairly right-wing in various ways. Uh, the Progress Party's deal. Uh, yeah, where do you even begin? I wrote down some of uh, Glistrup's uh, 1973 uh, campaign promises. The main thing, obviously, being uh, no income tax and massive cuts to bureaucracy and public spending. Of course. However, in addition to the massive bureaucracy cuts, he also wanted monthly referendums and monthly parliamentary elections. I'm sorry, what were those last two things? Uh, monthly, monthly referendums and... Elect yes. one member of parl 
and elect one member of parliament every month instead of electing them all at once. Yeah, wait, I'm, what I'm would a big the, fan. Wait, what would be the... Wait, what would the, would the referendums uh, be on? Would you're, like, be, breaking up. What would the referendums uh, be on? Sec. Uh, yeah, uh, basically, the referendums... He didn't really specify what they'd be on, uh, ex- with one exception. Uh, anytime the queen vetoed a law, which was a thing he wanted to... Uh, which was a feature he wanted to introduce to the political system, uh, that veto could be overturned by a referendum. Hang on, he wanted to introduce a monarch's veto? Uh, well, uh, expand a monarch's veto. I think Denmark technically <laughs> already had it. Oh my god. What is it th- with Europe, man? The thing is, like, uh, all the European monarchs technically have some level of veto power. It's just that if they ever were to use it, the country would become a republic basically overnight, so they don't. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of Liechtenstein, which is just a monarchy. Yeah, Liechtenstein, Liechtenstein rocks. I mean, it doesn't rock. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> they're very amusing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a real country. It's just like four towns that Napoleon basically forgot about when reorganizing the former Holy Roman Empire. Yeah, basically. And now they're ruled by like one weird Catholic guy. He's like, yeah, you can do what you can buy and sell everything, but also abortion will never be legal. Yeah, uh, they are actual anarcho monarchists. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Curtis Yarvin just salivating every time he hears about Liechtenstein. That might be Tunisia reference. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, it, it, he's probably up. a future. He's probably a future episode topic. Uh, he wrote under the name Mencius or Mencius Moldbug. Oh, was a big, like, oh yeah, yeah. He Moldbug. was a big like Dark Enlightenment guy. Yeah, yeah. He's like he basically like read Neuromancer and was like, yeah, this is cool. Actually, we should make it real. Was That's he, basically his ideology. Was he also Scandinavian or no? No, he's American. Oh, okay. He, he's still alive, too. He's like 55. But yeah, regardless. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the Dark Enlightenment guys are all the biggest fucking weirdos. <laughs> they're, they're, I, I want to get into them at some point. I just need to like figure out the right angle to do it from. Because they're, they're so weird. Uh, yeah, uh, some other Progress Party uh, promises in the 73 election. Uh, a upper limit for the voting age at 60. Wow. <laughs> that is low. <laughs> that yeah. is so crazy. Wait, why 60? I don't know. I think he just <laughs> had to pick a number. Yeah. Is that like the retirement age or? Uh, no, pretty sure the retirement age is like sixty-five. Yeah. Maybe maybe it was sixty at the time. I'm not sure. 
I also heard they advocated for cutting 90% of all legislation. Uh, yeah, uh, he wanted to turn uh, the Constitution into like a six-paragraph document. That's... It's like... You, are you, have you guys been following the Sam Bankman-Fried thing? Uh, no. He's the, the FTX uh, not really. guy? Yeah, I don't I mean, know who that is. I haven't been following him, though. Okay, well, what, one thing that I think is very in, insightful into like the libertarian mindset is that he said he doesn't read books because if it can't be said in a six-paragraph blog post, it's not worth reading. <laughs> Never thought I'd agree with him, but he's correct. That's parody, by the way. <laughs> Kidding. Kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Also, back to uh, Mogan's. Yeah, I mean, but it's a bit weirder to do that when you're also the guy who wrote a 700-page tax law textbook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, if it was six paragraphs, then I guess technically that's still following the rule. <laughs> mm. I don't I don't think that's how it works. Each paragraph is 124 pages. <laughs> It's just one long run-on sentence for 120 pages. I'm just imagining every. I'm just imagining every like like in each page. There's just 40 times where it's where typed out just and then and then and then. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, he also wanted to privatize uh, the state church. What does that mean? Wait, the church uh, was the church a government like run authority, or I don't think churches are owned by governments. Uh, Sometimes they are. Yeah, uh, they historically have been in most Protestant countries in Europe. Uh, the Church of Norway was uh, under government uh, control until like 2010. Uh, the 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 prime minister would appoint bishops and stuff like that. So he just kind of did he want to make the church its own thing, or was he looking for things more like um, was he looking for things more like Pastor Erickson sponsored by Exxon Mobil? Was that the vibe he was going for? Uh, uh, he basically wanted to sell all the assets, so all of the churches, all of the artworks, uh, etc. I'm sure that made him super popular in Denmark. Uh, yeah. Uh... As far as I can tell, a big reason why none of the other right-wing parties like them. Yeah, you know, that makes Rose, sense. You know how there yeah. are people, guys in Congress will just come, like, in American Congress, they'll come in with these big uh, these big charts. And, and you know how that, that one time Ron Johnson came in with that chart about how long it would take for um, you to get a certain amount of money if, you, if he gave you a dollar per second? Yeah. I'm imagining that, but it's just... Um, Mogan's Gleestrup being like, guys, this is the, it's just him trying to explain his plan, but his, but he's bringing in paintings of like the last supper, but what if it was like on an oil rig? <laughs> we, uh, what we need to do is in order to compete with Norway's oil reserves, we need to use, we need to stop putting our oil into oil painting and start burning it for fuel. <laughs> uh, I, this is, uh, this is happening at like, only a couple of years after Denmark and Norway have negotiated an agreement uh, determining the naval borders between the countries, which was previously kind of vague. And like three years after that agreement, Norway discovers that, oh yeah, the Danes accidentally gave us all the oil. 
<laughs> man, man, that worked out well for you guys, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Whoops. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, reparations for 400 years of Danish colonialism. <laughs> I'm going to start referring to Nor- to the modern state of Norway as post-colonial Norway. <laughs> yeah uh that's i have unfortunately seen people try to analyze scandinavian politics in a post-colonial framework it's some of the dumbest it's some of the dumbest posts i've ever seen that's so cool dude i love that yeah no uh norway provides a a sustainable model for post-colonial development totally that's right by being an by being an oil company disguised as a country, yeah, that's what I you mean, need to do. <laughs> well, it's not exactly working for Venezuela. Yeah, well, you know, it, it sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's working fine for Saudi Arabia. That's uh, true. I mean, it's working fine for the royal family, and I guess the country that hasn't completely point. collapsed, but it's not like it's some. Um, it's working. Super yeah, that's true. Country. It's working fine for like the ten thousand members of the royal family and no one else. You know, it's the type of thing where you can say, see, the economy is afloat, but it's there's a ton of wealth inequality and there are just so many people who are destitute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, being a oil company disguised as a state also isn't working for Angola, but that might be because the oil company that basically runs Angola is the Norwegian government oil company and not like a domestic company. So sorry yeah. about that, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the richest woman in Africa is the is the is uh, Angolan. That's just because she's like invested in that oil company. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the richest woman in Africa, combined with every other woman on Earth, would still have less money than the Norwegian government. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I also read that um, he wanted to completely get rid of the diplomatic service. Uh, yeah, he wanted to abolish the entire foreign affairs ministry, replace it with an answering machine that says, we surrender in Russian. That last part was probably <laughs> meant to... Uh, the last part was a joke. Abolishing the foreign affairs ministry? Not entirely sure. You know a politician you know we found a good politician to cover when we can't tell which of their policies are jokes or not. That's how you know it's gonna be a banger episode. Yeah. Uh I mean a lot of his a lot of his policies in the nineteen seventy three election were just random things he said uh one time at a during a stump speech and then decided well, I guess I have to stick to this now. Uh, so he would what, just hold these rallies and just kind of rant. That was sort of the uh, vibe. Yeah, he would just like sort of freestyle a bit and uh, come <laughs> up with new policies. God, imagine how horrific Danish freestyle rap would be. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh one of these uh, freestyle policies was uh, turning his uh, home island of Bornholm into a sort of Danish Macau. Yes. Wait, what would be so bad about Danish freestyle rap? We, we've moved on. The bit, the riff is gone. Oh, I just, I'm confused. Okay. Uh, it's a very strange sounding language. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, he wanted to uh, like turn Macau into sort of special, like tur- turn Bunholm into sort of special <laughs> economic zone, uh, and fill it with brothels, casinos, and shady banks. Man, I'm shocked that America didn't overthrow the Danish government to let him do that. That seems like a thing we'd be all for. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, after losing uh, the island resort of uh, Batista's Cuba, you'd figure, uh, maybe give Bornholm a shot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't Denmark used to have some Caribbean territories? Am I making that up? Uh, some of the Virgin Islands were bought by the U.S. from Denmark. Yeah, okay. I knew I. I, knew I, I think wasn't the, totally insane. Uh, I think the government, Danish government, went bankrupt during the Napoleonic Wars or something. Maybe. Uh, N- not quite sure when the U.S. bought them, but yeah. Uh, Denmark uh, tried to do colonialism and couldn't afford it. Well, I mean, Greenland. Yeah, uh, true. Uh, <laughs> so what happened next with Mogens? Uh, yeah. Uh, they won after, 16% of the vote. <laughs> yeah, obviously. How can you not vote for this guy <laughs> after hearing these policies? Yeah. And 16% of the vote is like a, a significant amount to Denmark. Uh, yeah, he got uh, they got twenty eight seats, uh, second largest party behind the Social Democrats. Yeah, <laughs> uh, imagining whatever the Danish version of like PMQs were were insane. Yeah, uh, the Parliament elected in nineteen seventy three uh, did not prove to be <laughs> a stable governing basis. Uh, so uh, you're telling me the the motley crew of like weird Christian social activists guys really into Georgism <laughs> and, and buying Mons Gleistrup didn't form like a stable coalition that lasted for decades? Yeah, surprisingly, I mean Gleistrup was having enough trouble forming a stable coalition within his own caucus. Yeah. So the thing is, uh, with the way uh, the Progress Party selected candidates for the 1973 election, is that these 27 other people were basically just random guys who had con- contacted Glistrup and said, hey, I want to run for the Progress Party with zero vetting. So they ended up being really normal, I bet. Uh, oh yeah, uh, How many definitely. People have lasted less than a year. Uh, as far as I can tell, they all lasted until the next election, but they just all sort of did their own thing and didn't really work as a party. <laughs> this feels uh, a bit kind of like the Danish version of the Brexit party, but if it got into parliament, yeah, uh, kind of. They did manage to do one thing as a group, right at the start of uh, the parliamentary term. Wait, can we try to guess? Yeah, sure. Rose, what's your guess? Guess on what? Um, what the first thing they did in parliament. Um, make it illegal to be Muslim. I'm going to guess um, 
they, I'm going to guess that they uh, tried to sink some sort of, some bid that up to have the next Olympics in Denmark because dog fighting was not included as one of the sports. That's my guess. <laughs> I mean, that's probably funnier than the actual thing they did. Uh, they made uh, Glistrup a lifetime member of the Central Committee of the Progress Party, which would lead to zero problems in the future. Yeah, no, that famously, uh, everything went well for the Progress Party. Uh, yeah, uh, they also tried, uh, well, Glistrup tried to cut a deal with the other right-wing parties uh, to cut taxes by a uh, billion dollars. Which is an insane amount of uh, tax revenue yeah, to cut. Especially in Denmark. For, yeah. it's, it's for, Denmark. Say, for our Americans, I know that doesn't sound like a lot to us, but for Denmark, that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. And this was uh, also in the 70s. Yeah. The, yeah. For Denmark in the 70s, this would have been insane. Yeah, uh, for it's a country pay- of like 5 million people, that's a lot. <laughs> Wait, how badly was Denmark hit by the oil crisis? Because considering how bad inflation was in a lot of parts in, in the United States and a lot of Western Europe, I feel like the government can't really afford to not take in money. Uh, yeah, they... Yeah. So is the oil crisis could... what caused the, the weird election in 73? Or was it something else? <sighs> Uh, as far as I can tell, it was a mixture of uh, things. It was, yeah, uh, inflation, uh, stagnating wages, uh, and also uh, joining the European Union, uh, which happened uh, yeah. the year before. That does seem like it would bring out a lot of guys with strong opinions. Uh, yeah, uh, it did. Uh, the uh, tax cut uh, failed because... Uh, Four of the Progress Party MPs voted against it. Even though it was their idea. Yeah, because as I said, these were just random guys picked off the street. <laughs> God, if you did that today, they'd all be like Instagram influencers. <laughs> like, they would have elected like whoever the Danish version of Andrew Tate is to Parliament. Yeah, uh... Like, they would have elected, like, a or, or the Liver King guy. Like, they would have elected a guy who would, like, make it illegal, to, who would have a, his only policy would be that it should be illegal to cook meat. Okay, how many of these guys, how many of these people in Parliament ended up getting Kreutzfeldt Jakob's disease because they did not believe in cooking meat? I mean, Denmark doesn't really have uh, the raw meat guys. Uh, the... Most of the raw meat guys in Scandinavia are like neo-pagan fascists in Sweden and Norway. The Danish right wing is, I wouldn't say more normal, but uh, insane in different ways. Yeah. I know they like to stage public Quran burnings. Yeah. Yeah. one of them uh, even exported that to Sweden. Ah. Uh, the Swedish government first tried to ban him from entering the country. Then he found like a document saying that, well, actually, uh, my mother was from Sweden, so I'm a Swedish citizen. So you can't stop me from coming into the country. Ah, of course. Uh, which yeah. did lead to a slight problem that... 
since he was a Swedish citizen and not a Danish citizen, his previous run for Danish parliament was now illegal. <laughs> so he Whoops. can't really so he can't really go back to Danish politics. <laughs> so he's like, he's like that. Um, he's like that American guy who just went to Australia and just, just tried and became an MP there, or not MP, Ooh. just like a. I forget the guy's name. He's not like bombastic or anything, but like has similar vibes. Yeah. Also, what uh, is it with Scandinavia and having like weird right wing parties with innocuous names? Like the Swedish far right party is just called the Sweden Democrats, and Norway's far right party is called like Forward or something. I mean, like American political parties, to be fair, like Democratic Party and Republican Party, those are pretty innocuous. Yeah, those are entirely meaningless names. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, Norway's main. Uh, right-wing party is actually also called the Progress Party. <laughs> Named is that like the main a- far-right party or the main like center-right party? Uh, the main far-right party. The main center-right yeah. party is called Høyre, uh, which just means right. It's usually yeah. translated as uh, the conservatives. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I knew it was something like progress or forward. Uh, yeah, no, uh, they renamed themselves. There or just did they yeah, name themselves they, after Gleestrup? They renamed themselves after Gleestrup. Uh, they were originally known as Anders Lange's party for the strong reduction of taxes, public uh, spending, and uh, government regulations. Ah, awesome. Wait, they renamed the party? That's even better. Yeah, uh, they renamed it after the guy it was named for no longer led the party. It was, it would have been kind of weird to keep the name. Uh, imagine yeah, like, sense. imagine Joe Biden running as the presidential candidate of the Andrew Jackson party. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's a surprising number of Scandinavian Nordic, uh, Parties named the Progress Party. There's a there was a Swedish one which uh, merged with the neo-Nazi organization Keep Sweden Swedish uh, to form the Sweden Democrats. Ah, there's a Faroese uh, Progress Party, which it's surprisingly normal considering how fucking insane Faroese politics are I don't think I know anything about Faroese politics Ah, I think that's too niche even for me the Faroese oh okay okay Uh, yeah so brief summary of Faroese politics Uh, in about four days they're having a snap election because the government collapsed after uh the prime minister kicked the foreign affairs minister out of the government because uh, the foreign affairs minister said that uh, Søren Pape Poulsen, uh, a Danish uh, party leader, should not become prime minister of Denmark because he's gay. Ah. Does this happen a lot in the Faroe Islands? Uh, Considering uh, the guy who got kicked out of uh, the government is the leader of what is essentially a single-issue homophobia party? Yes. Okay, quick question. 
In the past, Jesus Christ. In the past four years, have they had more or fewer elections than Israel? Uh, I don't think they've had a lot of elections recently. Uh, but uh, they do. But, oh, yeah, no. Uh, they've been fairly regular with their elections uh, recently. Uh, Denmark and Sweden, uh, well, mostly Denmark is probably the Nordic country that has the most elections. Uh, they have a very low threshold for calling snap elections. Uh, well, what you got to understand, Graham, is that the more elections you have, the more democracy you have. Therefore, the better it is. Wait, so what happens with Mogens next? Uh, yeah, uh, so the 1973 election results in an unworkable clusterfuck in the legislature, essentially. Uh, the go- the government after the election is uh, formed by uh, Venstre, which is a very weird party to explain uh, outside of a Nordic uh, context. I guess, like... Are, are they the one where they're the main liberal party, but their name means right? Uh, no, uh, the name means left, but they are the main center-right party. Oh, okay, so I got it mixed up. Uh, I was going to yeah. say, liberal means a different thing in Europe than it does here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, generally. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so they're a like, center-right liberal party with uh, historic, very historically uh, rural background. Uh, they get 22 seats. Uh and uh, form a government with no other parties. There's a hundred and seventy-nine seats in the parliament, so you can see why they have slight issues doing anything. <laughs> so, they, so, so they formed a government with a fifth of the seats. Uh, yeah, uh, because uh, Denmark has what's known as negative parliamentarism, where you don't actually have a majority. You don't need a majority to form a government. You just need to not have a majority against you forming a government. And everyone else is like, fine, I guess. We can't do anything else. Let them form a government. That's so cool. That's 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 the most democratic system of government, honestly. That rules. Uh, yeah, uh, Norway and Sweden have the same thing, uh, which... It does lead to a bit of gridlock when you don't have a majority government. Yeah. All right. So, uh, uh, especially when, especially when the government is this week, it's by far the weakest parliamentary basis for any Danish government. Okay. They they're unable to do anything and call a snap election in nineteen seventy five. Wait, they made it a whole two years? Uh, yeah. Somehow. Longer than I thought. Uh, yeah. Uh, probably would have been uh, far shorter if the entire political landscape hadn't been flipped on its head and there was no coherent opposition. And 
what is Mons's um what is his role in the 75 election? Uh he's uh, still uh, the party leader of uh the Progress Party. He's still campaigning on you know sensible Progress Party reforms like <laughs> uh destroying the economy and uh the government. Yeah. I read that uh, he wanted to, to abolish the taxes. He wanted to just raise the threshold at which you have to pay taxes gradually and then eventually just get rid of it over seven years, which seems like not enough time to me. What? You, th- you think you need more than seven years to d- dismantle uh, a fairly extensive uh, government uh, bureaucracy? I would think that, yes. Well, maybe if you're doing it carefully, but... uh, (laughs) That's a good answer. But if you take more of a fuck-it-let's-be-legends approach, you can probably do it in seven years. Sort of the... Sort of Leroy Jenkins-ing your welfare state. (laughs) Who's Leroy Jenkins? I'll send you the video after we're done recording. Uh, yeah, uh, in the 75 elections, uh, the Progress Party gets 24 seats, so down a bit, but surprisingly good result for an insane group of weirdos unable to work with even each other, let alone other parties. So, who else was like weird besides Mons in this party? Well, uh, all of them, uh, but... Uh, the best known uh, widow would uh, uh, probably be uh, Pia Sharskor, which uh, enters the picture far later. Uh, oh, yeah, event- yeah, I remember uh, about her. Eventually becoming the leader. The book I read about uh, Morgan's Clistrup is. Unfortunately, very focused on him as an individual and doesn't really go that much into the various internal conflicts with uh, the other uh, people. Fair enough, fair enough. So, the 75 election, what's next? Uh, Yeah... uh, Venstra, uh, the party that was previously in government with the weakest parliamentary basis ever, uh, doubles uh, their uh, seat total, now up to 42. Uh, The Progress Party loses uh, four seats. Uh, The Georgist Party, uh, unfortunately, out of parliament again. No! That's so tragic. Yeah, uh, but uh, we get a new new entry into Parliament, the left socialists. As opposed to those right-wing socialists? Uh, yeah. So these, yeah. Guys. So these so, guys are not members of the common turn, I'm going to guess. Uh, no, they are a, a splinter group of the Socialist People's Party uh, who were formed. You're telling me a socialist party has split? That's crazy. Yeah, they were formed uh, 
as a protest toward against the Socialist People's Party working with the Social Democrats in the 60s. Ah, classic. Uh, yeah. That's a classic uh, reason to split over whether or not you can work with the Social Democrats. Uh, yeah, so now for the first time in Danish politics, you have three parties to the left of the Social Democrats. Wow, that's crazy. The Socialist People's Party, the Left Socialists, and the Communist Party of Denmark. Yeah. And since, uh, as I previously mentioned, you don't actually need a majority to form a government, you just need there to not be a majority against you. And these parties all more or less agree that they'd rather have the Social Democrats than Venstre and the Progress Party. Uh, in 75, you get a social democratic minority government. You're uh, breaking up. Uh, just uh, I'm going to mute you and then unmute yourself. Uh, yeah. Uh, where did I cut off? Yeah, did you something. hear? Yeah. You're yeah. Good now. Do you hear me? You said they'd rather have a social democratic government than Venstra. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so uh, uh, in 75, uh, there's the Danish government is, is formed by Anker Jürgensen uh, of the Social Democrats. I'm sorry, you're uh, breaking up again, and I think we lost Gabe. I'm going to cut it. I'm here. One sec. Uh, I'm going to cut it here.